are a W-2 capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Paul, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Good. Yourself? Man, I cannot complain. <laughs> cannot complain. It wouldn't do so, any good. No, it wouldn't. I, I had a uh, high school football coach uh, set me straight on that sometime. Uh, yeah. Moons ago, he asked me how I was doing. <laughs> and I started to complain. And he goes, Jay, it's not doing you any good. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, no. it doesn't do you any good to complain. It was a rhetorical question. You know, and, and uh, so he finally just let up, at, you know, throughout, uh, he led into me like a high school football coach should, you know, and, and, um, molding us as young men, whatnot. Uh, but from then on, anytime I saw him in the hallway, it was, how you doing? But it was with a smile, yeah. right? So he would, that's right. Cause he, he definitely saw that the uh, light bulb went off when I figured out, Oh, he, it's just a rhetorical question. So, um, <laughs> Well, man, last time we spoke, uh, which it looks like it's about two weeks ago, you had a closing coming up. Yep. We went ahead and closed. Nice. Uh, none of my own money, which was awesome. It was a, a great experience. Um, and then uh, in addition to that, they, uh, they wired me some amount of the funds from closing. And then I turned around and wired that to my contractor and we got, uh, got the rehab started. So Awesome. Um, so what do you yeah. mean you went to closing with no money and now you've now you, and you walked away with some, that makes no sense whatsoever to me. <laughs> I'm being facetious. Yeah. Now, but dude, let's walk through that. Right. Cause you were using a private money lender to close. Right. That's right. Yep. It's on a duplex and the duplex is in Indianapolis. That's that right. right. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and you got a partner on it, right? Somebody who's going to help you. I got a partner, but the partner hasn't even brought any money yet either. So, um, you know, the way I figured it that, um, we were going to buy it for 38 and I thought I figured it was going to be about a $60,000 rehab, uh, okay. for both sides. So it's a three bed, one bath, each side, almost 3000 square foot. And, uh, and I, and I knew that the roof needed replaced. Uh, so I, I figured it was going to be 60, maybe a little more. Um, and so for the hard money or for the private lender, I lended as much as they were willing to lend on the property, which ended up being 62, five, I think. Okay. Um, but of course we bought it for 38, right? So, um, you know, 62.5 went into escrow, uh, closing costs, what have you, 38. Um, I don't have the disclosure here, but, uh, you know, there was 20 something left over. Um, and so those, uh, the 20, uh, and the, I own out a point. So, uh, I usually do 10% with a point. Um, and so turned around and, you know, out of the same funds, just wired, back to the lender uh a point six 
625 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, we, we ended up with about 20,000 out of, out of the, uh, out of closing. And then, um, it was going to take, I think, let's see what we were going to do was, uh, roof windows and exterior paint basically to secure the property. Right. Because the roof was leaking. I was down there that same weekend. Um, and, uh, the roof was leaking, you know, the windows were, were in bad shape. Um, paint was, uh, in bad shape. So, um, you know, to get the, the contractor started, we, you know, I wired over 1125, I think, um, and got him started. Uh, so the roof, it's got a brand new roof on it now. And, uh, they're working on the paint. It's got all brand new windows. Nice. And then, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be working on the interior here, maybe in a week or so. I think, uh, uh, his contract is going to be on vacation here for a week, but, uh, how, do the, uh, how are those do. guys supposed to take vacations? Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, um, in Indianapolis right now, things, it's such a hot market that yeah. these guys, they could do almost anything they want. I, wow. I mean, I almost wish I was a contractor in Indianapolis right now because, you know, investors are coming in from all corners of the world trying to make money down there. And so, yeah, they can, they can set their own schedule. They can set their own prices. They can choose what properties they want to work on, which ones they don't. And, uh, and it is, it's, it's a great market right now. So, yeah. um, yeah. So, um, I like that you're starting with the exterior because your your um, your plan for this is to hold it right. This is part of the deal. Yeah, hold it, mm-hmm. and to get renters excited about the property. You know, there there are people that drive by that place every day for whatever reason, and they start seeing yeah. what y'all are doing yeah. to the outside. They're going to start mm-hmm. questioning, and then when you get the the for rent sign in the yard, um, that's that's going to be a quick. Uh, Actually, we list it. As yeah, soon as gonna... the exterior, the windows, the exterior, and the you know even the roof, you would amaze. It's amazing. You drive down, and this this is I'm not the only one on the street, you know, uh, rehabbing. Um, and so you drive Which down the street and you see right. there's yeah there's several properties on the street that are getting rehabbed. And as soon as you put a new roof and windows on this place, it, it's a different place. It, it's yeah. like wow, that looks really nice. And so w- once it's painted windows and roof we list it nice and we just say hey coming soon available in a month um you know three bed one bath full rehab you know this and that and then the goal is the goal is that we'll have it rented before the rehab's done done yeah right that's perfect yep um so you said you, you, you were able to get 20,000 from closing to go toward the rehab, but you expect to put, was it 60,000? If I made the right note, where's the other, Yeah, a little bit more than that. From? Yeah. Is that coming from that's where the, that's partner? where the partner comes in. Yeah. So he's going to come in here towards the end and basically finish off the rehab. Um, okay. and then he and I are going to basically split it, you know, 50, 50, the cash flow, and you know, a uh, profit and loss. He's he, We'll fit, split it fifty fifty. So, um, I'm I'm just the uh, you know I'm just the hustle guy, right? You're I found the, the deal, the ground, man. <laughs> that's right. Well, and I'm not even on the ground. Right? Know, I, you're not you know, even I'm local, local, but yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. 
but it's my team, right? It's my team. It's my property management. It's my rehabbers. Um, it was, you know, m- my contact, the wholesaler that I bought several properties from, you know, uh, and it's my know-how, right? Because right. this is going to be my fifth property that I've done this to. And my lender, you know, he had a bad experience in Atlanta with, you know, a class A condo, right? So, yeah. um, you know, class A's, uh, gotta know what you're doing when you yeah. get into those. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, is your, when you close on the property, did you close it into the LLC that you and your partner are going to hold it long term, or did you, are you going to transfer that? How, how's that working out? Uh, just logistically. What I found is what I found that the best way to go about it and you're exposed and I have, I'm working on this, but the, the the answer is I closed in my own name and it, it's titled in my own name. Right. Okay. And the reason why I do that is because I want to do a cash out refi. So um, I'm going to be all in, you know, you do the math, probably less than a hundred. Yeah. And then I think it's going to probably appraise at one thirty. Okay. So my goal is to pull as much money out of the property as we can with a cash out refi. And, uh, the easiest way to do that is to have it in your own name. Yep. Uh, I do have a lender that'll do it. It'll, I've got one more with that lender that they'll do an LLC. Uh, but you're jumping through hoops and you know, it's the six month seasoning and you know, this and that. And so I just don't want to mess with it. Uh, so I've got it in my own name. We're going to rehab it in my own name. Uh, probably rent it out for a few months in my own name. And then we're working with a company uh, that is uh, asset protection. And so they're setting up a series LLC and a, and a shell company and um, land trust. And we're going to move all of my properties into this anonymous LLC structure so that if anybody ever tries to sue me, they're going to go on the records and I'm going to look like a pauper, right? Right. This guy doesn't own any anything, right? Um, so I've got that structure set up with my partners, and I've got that structure set up with my own properties, and uh, and so uh, it just takes some time. I've got to get the cash out refi done first before I can move it into that land trust because once you move it in the tr- land trust, banks won't touch it. Yes, yeah, there. But as long as it's outside of that, you're okay. So how does your, uh, which I think I love the idea, you know, asset protection is huge. There's, you know, there's some guys that I hear constantly talking about having properties in their own name. Um, they have no umbrella insurance policy whatsoever, uh, very little liability policy on the property and they own it, uh, outright. And I'm like, look, buddy, that gets out. You're a target for a lawsuit. I mean, yeah, you got to sign out front There's, saying hey yeah <laughs> i've got an put a neon sign in the front yard right it says yeah right right i've got money you can take uh because it's it's amazing um what people can sue for these days i've got um yeah. a friend of mine who's getting sued on a property where um the tenant fell through a railing and i'm using air quotes if you can't see me fell through the railing and is, you know, threatening to sue, uh, or actually the yeah. next step was they were going to sue because 
uh, of some sort of negligence or hospital bill or something like that. But the funny thing is, or what, what's odd to me is that they, the tenant sent a picture of the person who fell through the railing was on the ground, sent a picture of that to the landlord and the property manager. And I'm like, okay, you, so I just want to make sure I'm following this. Your mother just fell through this railing. She's on the ground. She's in pain, which y'all had to go to the hospital. You're asking us for to pay the hospital bills. So y'all stopped to take a picture of this. <laughs> Got to have documentation. <laughs> Sounds like a professional renter to me. So, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know. So anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But I, I think asset protection is huge and, and you're doing it the right way. The thing I'm curious about though, is how is your, how, how is your, uh, your money guy, uh, how is he insured that you just won't take his money and run? Right. Cause a lot of times that's done through an LLC, some legal document that says, okay, now we're officially these partners and that's all detailed out, which, uh, is then tied to the property through the title or the deed. But in this case, it's not right. If I understood you correctly. So how is your partner, uh, ensured that he has, he's, he's not getting scammed here. You know what I'm saying? Other yeah. than you, you look and act like a trustworthy guy, right? Well, there's a little bit of that. And, you know, my partners, we're friends that we've known each other for a very long time. Uh, he and I worked together when I lived down in Atlanta. Um, so, you know, uh, it's a relationship uh, that, you know, we've built over time. So it's not something that I've known this guy for a year or two, right? We've, we've right. known each other for a long time. Um, so there's a little bit of that, but, um, you know, there's going to be a small window of time where it's titled in my own name and he's got money in the game. Um, and, and so we have an operating agreement for, you know, the, uh, the LLC that it will eventually be included in. Um, but until it's refied, we won't move it into that. Um, and so there's definitely a little bit of time where he's kind of exposed where he's got some money out there. Right. Um, but the operating agreement, once it gets moved in, you know, he owns 50, 50, you know, uh, everything comes a little bit, you know, kosher. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he understands, he understands, you know, the process that needs to go through. And I'm actually working on one of the things that I was, uh, I actually wrote a whole bunch of lists of things to make sure that we had plenty to talk to this morning. But one of the things I'm working on is, you know, when you use this burst strategy, you want to try to move your money as quickly as possible, right? Yeah. Keep on turning your money. And one of the challenges that uh, I've had getting started with a burst strategy is six month seasoning. So yeah. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, standard banks, um, they, they make you wait six months after going on title. Well, it, it, I don't know whether that's really a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac rule because um, <laughs> I called about, 40, 50 banks in, in the Indianapolis area. And I found about five of them that will do low or no seasoning. Wow. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, building relationship with some of those banks. Um, you know, I actually talked to the vice president of the lending for several of these banks and, um, you know, they, uh, they're ready to go now, right? They're they're Hey, you know, give us a property. Let's, let's get this started. Right. So as soon as I get the rehab done and the mark, you know, the market appraisal is going to come back where it needs to. Um, and I've got a tenant in it because you got to have a lease, 
you know, from a debt to income perspective, right. you want to make sure that it's a net gain on your debt to income. Um, once all that's done, then I'm going to go and try to get a refi. And so that's going to shorten that window up even more uh, where my private or my uh, partner is, is exposed. Right. Yeah. Um, so if I can get it, get it rehabbed, get a tenant in there and get it in the land contract, that way, you know, he's secured on the property, his investment secured on the property. Um, so I love how you challenged the, the status quo there and said, Hey, whatever, ever, all these experts are telling me, I'm not trusting it. I'm going to go out and do my own due diligence. Cause that's hugely yeah. important to do that. Um, that's, that's awesome. That is, that's awesome. Yeah. What else do you have on your list? Okay, well, so I actually have, this is the first time ever that I've got two rehabs going on simultaneously. Okay. So probably going to be a standard, you know, experience going forward. If I'm buying a property once a month, then, you know, and it takes maybe a month or two to get rehabbed, I'm going to have several properties in queue. So I've got uh, a property, I bought this May, I think. Um, so this, uh, kind of funny how the play. dates all run together, you know, as far they as they do. Yeah. I mean, buying a yeah, property so, is supposed to be this big event, right? And you're supposed, it's supposed to be one of those life changing or, uh, what, is, what do they call it? Um, in insurance world. Um, anyway, I'm forgetting the, the phrase, but it's one of those life altering <laughs> events. But with us, yeah. it's like, when did I buy that property? Oh, it was a month ago. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and people get, you know, people that aren't real estate investors that don't do this a lot get a little very nervous or oh, yeah. squirrely when it comes to closings, right? Yeah. And man, yeah. I sc- I scroll I, I scroll into a closing with flip flops and you yep. know Hawaiian t-shirts like, ah, uh, here we go again, right? And you know, when you're doing single families and you're doing them, you know, frequently, you know, it's no big deal, right? That's why right. last time right. we talked, I'd love to get into some apartment complexes and do like four a year, right? Yeah. But um, anyway, I'm pretty sure that I bought this one in early May. Uh, I closed on the one that I just talked about in June. So um, anyway, it was already rented on one side. um, So I've got tenants in there and we're rehabbing the other side. It's in a really great area of Indianapolis. And um, we haven't talked about my wife. She runs Airbnbs. So she runs six Airbnbs in the Metro Detroit area. And she's she's convinced me that she wants to break into the Indianapolis area. And so we're rehabbing this other duplex that side. We're going to rehab it pretty nice. We're going to put, you know, granite countertops. We're going to put nicer cabinets. Um, you know, we're decorating it or rehabbing exactly the way she wants it, colors and everything. Um, and so that one's underway. And, um, you know, uh, in Indianapolis, it's just been raining like crazy. Uh, so it's been hard to, to, you know, that's another thing you don't realize if you have contractors or, or if you've ever done any construction work is how much the weather really impacts your ability to make progress. Right. Yep. Especially on the exterior. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So So, so uh, tell me about Airbnb. Like, you know, I don't know, I don't do any of that. Right. Um, there are people out there that I follow that are very successful at it. They make me question from time to time why I don't do it more. And yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, I'm just like, I, I just don't, it, it seems like you, A, you've got to stay on top of it very much. Right. And I don't know if I would trust that to somebody 
uh, it sounds like your wife actually manages those, right? Or manages yeah. the managers. So she's got a really good pulse on that. But um, how do you, I don't know, how do you battle making sure that you're, you know, I'm so cash flow focused uh, that I think the inconsistency yeah. of that thing renting would just drive me bonkers. It's- uh, it, 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 it drives me bonkers because okay. I'm a numbers guy, right? I'm an engineer. It drives me bonkers. And there's been some months and I'll, I'll tell you a short story and then kind of answer some of your questions. But last year, you know, we still had our house in Georgia. So we were having a family gathering for Thanksgiving at the end of Thanksgiving. We were, and we still lived in, and we lived in Detroit. So we're driving down. It's about a 12 hour drive. And she's sitting on, you know, on the side, you know, on her laptop doing her work. And we're looking at the month of December. We don't have any bookings, mm. none. And at the time, I think she had two properties and they were vacant. Nope. You know, and we're like, okay. Yeah. And we do, we do uh, what they call rental arbitrage um, or, you know, we don't do that as much anymore, but at the time we were doing rental arbitrage. So, you know, we were on the hook for five grand, six grand of rent at the end of December. And so we're looking at our, at our bookings, like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, we're going to have a major cash flow problem. If I've got to write a fat check for five Paul's grand of rent. on the street corner, offering some service. <laughs> yeah. you know I'm going to be, Merry yeah, Christmas. I'm, I'm gonna be getting a second job, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but I'll tell you what we got, uh, on our way down, you know, everybody's having Turkey, you know, having family, whatever on our way back her phone was blowing up hmm. ding, 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 ding. As soon as everybody got the Turkey in their belly and everybody's happy, man, we started getting bookings like crazy in December and it filled right up and nice. December ended up being one of our best months. So, nice. and then was know, that your that's first exactly, December that y'all went through with that. It was, okay. it was our first okay. December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, exactly right. You're exactly right. It is it, it weighs heavily on your mind if you don't have bookings that far in the future, whether you're going to be able to pay the expenses, right? Yeah. Um, and so, profitable. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and I'll tell you, we weren't profitable for, for some time. So we started out just to get in the game rental arbitrage. We don't own any of our properties even today. So there, there's no assets to be had. Um, so we went in, we, we um, rented a property. We actually did like a very like rehab to it, which is crazy, you know, uh, on a rental property that we don't own. Um, hopefully we get our security deposit back in exchange for some of the work that we did. But then, you know, she furnishes it, decorates it, lists it gets professional pictures taken, et cetera, um, and then manages the property. And, you know, it's all things, it's a customer service business, right? Absolutely. And then, you know, we, I think for that first property, uh, you know, we were paying $2,000 a month in rent. Um, and then, um, we were listing it and we anticipated to make four or 5,000 a month on Airbnb. So the gap's three grand, but the expenses, internet, um, you know, uh, the upfront cost, yeah. utilities. Yeah. All of these things, it eats away at that. So we were only cash flowing on it, maybe 500 to a thousand a month if we were really lucky. 
Yeah. Um, and then you know, you start to string these together, and there's there's economies of scale. So if you have five of them, you you can manage five of them and make some money. Whereas with one, it's tough to make any money, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and so she's up to six, and not all of them are rental arbitrage. Um, we've got I think three rentals, and then three we're now partnering with real estate investors where they want to make a little bit more cash flow and they're willing to take a little bit more risk um, where we'll pay them 80% of what comes in, but they bear all of the upfront costs and all the ongoing operating expenses, right? Utilities and yard care and, and furniture and all that stuff. And so we're just like, we're not in it for anything other than just, you know, doing the work. Um, And so we've been more successful at that. Yeah, I had not heard anybody doing the rental arbitrage thing. That's that's interesting. Um, yeah. Maybe next time we can dive into that more. Just to, yeah, definitely. Because um, it's interesting. Although uh, you know the thing here, Al, when I talked to you, and I know you said this up front when we first started chatting, is that um, um, I feel like I'm getting educated here, <laughs> and you tell me because <laughs> man, I think I can help you out with some things. So I always yeah, sure, sure, that's for sure. But uh, I want to make sure you're getting something out of it too. So <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, what other questions you well, have or, or things? You, you, you learn a lot just talking to people. Right. And, you know, uh, you, do. you so know, um, I do this right. Is, is that, um, I tend to learn more when I, uh, attempt at educating people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, what else do I have going on here? So, um, I like your pink headphones in the background, though. That's those are pretty sharp. Yeah, actually, <laughs> believe it or not, those are. Uh, so, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I I try to teach my kids. You always put your stuff back where they belong, right? And so how do you, you know do where that? to find them? Right, so, so educate me on how to be a better. Oh uh, man, I, sh- no, I I've almost given up at this point of, of well, getting them to put their stuff up. <laughs> I, I don't know when you're going to start pu- publishing these podcasts with you and I, uh, because this might get me in trouble if my wife hears it, but you got to first have to educate your wife, or at least that's my problem. Right. Cause she's just like the kids. It's like stuff is uh, everywhere, but you know, you. As, I got you. as an engineer, as an engineer, it's like, and I, I used to travel constantly for business. Right. I mean, yeah. I've been all over the world. Uh, and I, there, I spent several years as a single guy, just like on the road. Right. I didn't even keep milk in my fridge because it would be spoiled by the time I got back. Wow. And so as, as a traveling professional, you've got to learn to put stuff back where they belong. Like even in your suitcase, I always put it in this pocket. I always put my deodorant in this pocket, right? You have to do that because when you're packing up the hotel at 5 AM to make your flight, man, you can go look in that spot. And if it's empty, you know, I don't have my deodorant or I don't have my toothbrush or I don't have these things. Right. And so a little bit is, you know, the OCD and a little bit is, you know, I've learned from that traveling experience. Well, so this bucket in my office is where the iPads and the headphones for the iPads go. Nice. So that when we're getting on the road or we're going out the door and we're in a hurry, where are the iPads? Where are the headphones? They're in dad's office on his, you know, lateral file. Yeah. See, I don't really care where it goes, but as long as we place. know that's yeah. exactly, exactly. 
And I might, I might actually have my wife trained because, um, she, I, she brought those in here last night and I was like, Oh, all right. You know, this is a very creative story to disown those pink headphones. That's all, that's all. No, no, I I get it. Uh, the funny thing is about how, when you get into marriage is when the husband wants to, as you say, train their wife, there is no yeah. like what's going on here. Like, you know, there's, you're very upfront. Hey, I really want you to do this where we come into struggle as men is our wives are train training us, but we don't know. Oh, yeah. But we don't know it. Yeah. You know, right. it's, it's one of those things where, so, uh, and yeah. if, if you go missing or you next time we talk and you have a black eye, I'll, uh, I'll question <laughs> the missus for you, but, uh, yeah, no, that, that's good stuff, man. That's, that's good stuff. What, um, what else yeah. do you have on your, uh, your list? So there's a few things. Uh, I closed on a HELOC with my primary residence. So I don't, I don't know if you've ever actually, I think in one of your podcasts, you mentioned that you were working on a HELOC. Um, It never went through, but, um, but I'm a big fan of HELOCs. Yeah. So I'm part of a, uh, a a group that does these first lane HELOCs. And basically what happens is you come in instead of having a mortgage, you have a first lien HELOC. That's the only lien on the property. And then I take all of my cash flow from my rentals and all of my cash flow from my, my company or the, my employer, and we dump that into the HELOC. And so I keep my checking account balance at zero and even my savings account balance at zero. I, I do have some separate money marks and stuff to, for, for emergency emergency. Right, right. But the idea is that you're keeping your principal low and so therefore you're keeping your interest payments low. And as long as you're cash flowing as a family more, you know, positively, then however much you're positive, your principal goes down over month, right? right. So instead of, you know, when you look at an amortization schedule for the 30 year, you're only paying a hundred bucks oh, of a hundred thousand dollar home. You know, you don't start paying more principal than interest until like year 18 of a 30 year mortgage, Something right? Like that. Yeah. And so yeah. This first lien HELOC allows you to do, you know, if you're cash flowing a thousand a month as a family, it goes down in principle a thousand a month, right? Right. And so even if the interest rate is higher, like this one, they're giving me a 3.49, you know, teaser rate for 12 months. But after that, it's only prime plus 0.3. Okay. So it's like 5%, right? It, it's it's not today, great, but it's, right? it's today, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how the the fed acts I, I i'm getting i'm getting uh you know the the vibes that the feds uh realize that it's time to go the other direction but we'll see yeah. um but anyway the the point is that you know if you keep on socking your cash into the principal it doesn't matter what the rate is right because yeah. it keeps on going down by a huge amount every month right and so you can pay off your your primary in three to four years well that's my plan is that I'm going to pay my primary off in three to four years and then probably sell it because around three to four years is when I'm going to, you know, uh, potentially retire from my W-2 job. That's the goal. And that's your goal, go right? into, That's my goal, right? Yeah. And we're picking out property in Portugal and stuff like that. So we'll see, you know, we'll see if, uh, you know, that, that comes to pass. But um, it's just a great strategy to, to buy that down and, and, um, and, uh, get your primary off your, off your books. Right. Yeah. And then 
that's how I got into real estate is this group, you know, they all do this and then they have all this equity in their primary. It's like, what do I do with all this? You know, it's like yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of the credit line. Well, you go buy real estate and, and instead of using even a private lender or a, or a hard money lender that's going to charge you 10 or 12 points, you can, you know, five points, you know, and borrow it from yourself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a great strategy. Uh, and that's something. And then you also had somebody on one of your other podcasts. I, I binge listened to all your podcasts before you and I start uh, talking which I highly recommend everybody do, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Everybody should binge listen yes, to uh, Jay's podcast. But I think you had a, a, a young lady on here that was talking about uh, infinite banking concept. Um, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. spoke to anybody. And you said on the podcast you were thinking about getting into it. Yep. Um, so I definitely, I highly recommend it. Um, and I could recommend, you know, a, a, a practitioner that could talk with you about it. But I, uh, one of the things that's important, I think it, it, it's, it's helpful for us as W2 capitalists is you can't qualify for whole life cash value insurance if you don't have a W2 job or if you can, but it's very, very challenging, right? Gotcha. Um, and so it really applies well for us versus like other real estate investors that, that have already gone out on their own. Um, so right now my insurability is based off of my W2 income, um, which is very, very good. And so I can qualify for a very large amount of whole life, uh, whole life cash value insurance. So my wife and I went through this process, you know, getting qualified, the medical, you know, and we yeah. basically maxed out my insurability, right? Nice. Well, then when it comes to time, scary to if you keep making comments about how you're going to train your wife. I'm just, I'm assuming. Yeah, oh, I know. I hear. <laughs> yeah. And she makes comments about that too. She's like, yeah. you better be careful. You're insured for a lot of money. So, um, but she's insured as well. So, you know, the spouse, can actually be insured for some percentage of the husband, right? Okay. So that, you know, especially if you have kids and stuff. Uh, And so we're collectively insured for a lot of money. But what's nice is, is that we structured this whole life cash value insurance policy where um, it had as much cash value as possible. Um, And so I just got done paying the premiums on several term policies that are convertible. So they're cheaper up front, but you can convert them later. And then you're all qualified. So there's no requalification. You can just convert the term to the whole life. Um, And then I put uh, a whole life policy in place. And that's also part of the plan is if I can get to the point where, you know, we're making these policy uh, premiums, but then we're able to borrow from that policy yep. rather than going to a bank, right? Uh, Nelson Nash was kind of the guy yep. that, that uh, is known for this. I was watching a really great video on, on their website because he recently passed. And, uh, you know, he was talking about his family. They don't deal with banks. They don't deal with lenders. They just yep. deal with themselves, oh, right? Man. And it's an amazing, yeah, you think about what it would be like to be able to get to the point where you don't have to deal with anybody else, just the family, and you can lend, you know, he said, you know, their home, their cars, their vacation homes, 
you know, everything is financed through their whole life policies. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a great strategy. It is. Uh, and the episode you're talking about was with um, Holly Morphew. Uh, yeah. I'm getting her yep. last name right. Uh, by far the most popular episode of the podcast. And I'll, I'll make a link to that one. But I also had uh, Anthony Ornella on. He is um, with Drive Planning. They, they do the infinite banking strategies. So he works for one yep. of the... Uh, and he's very active in the Facebook group as well. So if you've got any mm-hmm. questions or like that and you want to, it sounds like you have a guy, but if you want to bounce some questions off him, yeah. just the trust and trust, but verify concept, you know, uh, sure, sure. a great resource, uh, and all of his contact information's in that show as well. But what that is one of those things where I can't, uh, I do want to get into that because I hate dealing with banks. I mean, as you know, yeah. my bank is a four letter word, but, um, <laughs> You know, the, um, there's one thing I, I can't grasp is how that money just magically appears. Uh, yeah. And, and that's, so I've, I've got a, I want to walk before I run with that. And, um, yep. you know, right now I've got this 1031, I've got, I'm under a 1031 exchange clock, which I've got an offer. I've got a sign today. They already accepted the LOI. And I think after this one, I'm going to take a serious look for that. I asked uh, Anthony yeah. to give me a break because we were doing that. I just started the new job. We just had baby number three all within a month. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it was, a lot. Uh, it's been an interesting um, 60 days <laughs> for sure. Also, I think you said that you have a 1031 guy. Yes. Um yeah, so I I need to look that up to, as well because I think in the future, um, and I've not done this yet, but you know one of the, the ways that I may look to move into apartment complexes and larger multifamilies is um, to do some ten thirty one exchanges and Absolutely. take some of that equity and you know reinvest it into larger deals, right? Um, Absolutely. So I've I've been thinking a little bit about that and and uh, you know, so I need to start talking with somebody to, to learn, you know, what the steps are and, and yeah. how to go through that process. Um, so I use, this is my second time to use them is Atlas 1031. Uh, I just released yesterday, uh, upon an episode with, uh, Tom Gustafsson, uh, who I've dealt, I've dealt with him and his father on both of mine. Um, and we go through specifics of what I'm, what I'm working with and, and some questions that came up from that. But, uh, that's exactly what I'm doing. Right. So I, I had a duplex that yeah. I sold, um, uh, and the offer we're making on is a, is a 12 unit apartment complex with the right. idea. Yeah. With the idea that, uh, within, you know, three to five years that we're able to double the doors again. Right. And, and keep mm-hmm. going or even more. Right. I was wanting to go from yeah. a two to, to a four or five unit. And then this 12 unit, it wasn't a 12 unit initially, um, it was part of a bigger package and I kind of looked at all the package and I said, I don't want the whole thing. I want, I want this cause these look like the best properties in it. Here's what I'll give yeah. you for it. And, uh, he countered, you know, we negotiated a little bit, but it looks like unless something crazy turns up in the inspection, it's going to go through. So, um, we'll, nice. yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'll keep you posted on that. I'm pretty excited about it though, to go from two to 12 units with one, one transaction. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And you're you're taking most of the equity out of that sale, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you had some amount of debt service on it 
but you're taking most of the equity and you're using that as a down payment with financing the 12 unit, right? Correct. Yeah. So I'll have, nice. I have about 93,000 that I can use toward, um, toward the purchase of something new. Right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of, you know, if you look at 20% of, you know, that's, uh, you know, you can do a pretty big play a lot with, it, yeah. with that much equity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I've, uh, that's nice. And this is so. This is going to be my first time to do long distance investing as well. Uh, it's in a it's in a market that I don't know anything about yet. And uh, mm-hmm. the first step for me was to just find a property, right? Because you've got some yeah. lines and things like that. Matter of fact, I've got a call hopefully today at lunch where I'm talking to uh, a guy who was in our uh, mastermind group, but he uh, he kind of grew out of it and has been making some big moves and. Uh, he yeah. saw the, where I was looking for something and he goes, Hey, I got a lead on a, on a 10 unit where, where he invests, which would also be long distance for me. Also yeah. new market. So I'm going to talk to him about that and, um, uh, see what comes of it. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of good benefits from a 1031 exchange that I did not understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started investing, I was like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. And then now, I, now that I've yeah. gone through, um, well, this will be my second to go through. Um, I'm like, everybody should be doing this. It's just, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Plus I feel like I'm screwing the yeah. government out of money. So that gets me excited <laughs> too. So, um, yeah, anyway. that's, that's another thing that when I got into real estate that, uh, I, I love the idea of, um, you know, tax-free income. Yeah. And it's amazing just the, and when you when you close on this 12 unit I'm sure um you've heard of segregated uh, segregation costs. Yeah. Uh, yes, where you you go to do a segregation study and you can get a lot higher depreciation than what you would normally. Yeah. It's that is an amazing strategy, right? Yeah. That, that's and it's a great a great way to uh further reduce your tax burden. Um yeah, my because my wife uh, doesn't work and she manages Airbnbs. She qualifies for the real estate professional designation. Nice. nice. And as as a real estate professional, I kind of inherit that. Yeah. But what's really nice about that designation is that um, you can reduce your taxable income on your W two. Yes. And so between her Airbnb losses and my startup cost losses in Indianapolis, I was able to reduce our taxable income to the point where I went exempt with my employer in like March or April this year. Mm. So all of my paychecks since then, you know, I'm not paying any federal tax. Awesome. Right. Cause I've already paid in, you know, so that's an amazing, you know, People just don't even understand that. They don't even yeah. realize that, that, you know, how powerful that is. And then, of course, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm going to take that extra income, that extra flow of income, and I'm going to reinvest it. I'm going to continue to grow that, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, that's for when I got into real estate, that was if there was one thing that I absolutely loved the idea of was just that the tax benefits. It's, Absolutely. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You, and you said losses there. I want to make sure that um, people understand that it, you're talking about losses on paper, right? Not necessarily cash flow losses, right? So yeah. um, the, one of the best benefits, and you brought this up, is depreciation, which is basically saying um, 
it's going to offset your income basically. And, and it absolutely right. helps with your offsetting your W2 income. I think last year I paid like something like 5% uh, uh, taxes and, and, and all of our yeah. income, um, which is just amazing. It's also the first year that I, or second year I've used the CPA. Uh, first year he had some work to do with me to kind of shuffle some things around. And then this year we, we kind yeah. of got things aligned and, uh, out of all the things that we had going on last year with moving, you know, moving properties, buying and, and selling. And we still, uh, it was a good year. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So. But you talk about, you talk about the, the losses on paper. So, you know, a perfect example of what we benefited from in the new tax, uh, Trump tax law. Um, if you purchase a vehicle, the vehicle has to be a certain configuration. We purchase a Silverado. It has to have a longer bed, you know, have right. to, what is it, gross weight tonnage or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, it's a $50,000 truck. Well, we didn't pay cash for it, right? We didn't pay right. cash for it. But you get the bonus depreciation in the first year for the purchase price. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So on paper, it's a huge loss. And that's that's a new thing that was part of the Trump tax law, whether you like him or not, that was, you know, included in the Trump tax law. So we took advantage of it. Yeah, And so, you know, we had a $50,000 loss. Well, we didn't pay $50,000. We're paying it over time, in, you know, on the debt service. But, you know, we were able to take that $50,000 loss and off of my W-2 income. And it came back to us in a check from the government, right? So, you know, that's a perfect example of paper losses, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's extremely powerful. It is. Um, yeah. I just realized how much I, I'm in love with depreciation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that cost segregation, I've heard that we, you know, when you come in and do a, a multifamily, you know, that you go, uh, if, if there's tables or chairs or whatever, it, all of it can be depreciated. And, yeah. you know, you can really, you know, the depreciation really jack it up in the first year uh, of the purchase. So yeah, yeah that'd be, I'd, I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, I haven't done one of those yet. We looked at it for our 42 unit that we've that I'm in on with some partners, and I can't remember why we didn't do it. But I, and it's one of those things I I think, don't quote me on this, but I think you have to do it in the first year. Otherwise, it's just kind of a yeah. mess afterwards, or yeah. maybe you don't qualify. But for some reason, we chose not to do it, and and I can't remember mm-hmm. why. But um, and it could have been as simple as, hey, this is our first deal with, with all four, um, four of our partners that we have on it, and we're just trying to figure things out, you know. Uh, yep. But, um, well, cool, man. Well, I know we went over today, which I'm more than happy to do, which and I can do, uh, or I have a lot more flexibility when you book them as early as you did. So thank you for doing that. Yep. Always no problem. Um, but, yeah. Uh, anything else? Anything high priority on your mind? you want to talk about? No, I, I, I think I'm good right now. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in hear more about, uh, you know, um, the last time that you and I talked, uh, you know, your deal flow when it comes to multifamily. So, you know, it sounds like you got a 42 unit, you're getting ready to close on a 12 unit, you know, where are you finding these deals? Uh, I took your advice. I reached out, I've got several uh, real estate agents in the Indianapolis market, um, that are now, I'm, pocket listings and looking for multifamilies. So yeah. that's kind of my next step. Uh, and it's an area that I don't know a lot about, um, but I'm, I'm cramming for right now. Good. <laughs> um, but I, uh, 
I, I took your advice that I, I've never really worked with a real estate agent uh, for real estate investment purposes. Yeah. Um, and so now I've got a few agents that, uh, um, that were referred to me as investor friendly. And uh, so I'm hoping to, to, you know, get some more multifamilies coming through because either through a 1031 exchange or now that I've got private lending and partners, yeah. you know, I'm pretty sure that I could get a, I could get a nice down payment. Most of my partners, I've got two different partners and two different, you know, LLCs. Both of them are really interested in doing large multifamily properties. So it's just on me to, to get the deal flow moving, right? Yeah. So that's my, that's my next big step that, uh, that you, you've Good. already taken. So Good. Yeah. Um, and you'll have to, to work with those um, agents. To figure out just really who is investor friendly, a lot of them would advertise yeah. that uh, because they're true salespeople, right? And they, they see an opportunity there. But the 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 qualifying question there is: tell me about your experience with, and get very specific, right? Tell me about your experience with five to fifteen unit apartment complexes or whatever that yeah. magic number is for you. Uh, you said large, so maybe you're thinking 100, 200 plus units. Yeah, you know, so. yeah, I just want to get started, right? Yeah. I, you know, if I can do an eight unit or a 12 unit, you know, yeah. I, I just want to get started. Because you know? all agents are not the same, right? There's people that focus on a very specific niche. And if you can find that agent who's very good at that, um, you know, you'll have to get on his radar first, let him know that you're serious. And I think if you just provide your uh, resume from an investing standpoint, that's enough to, to take you seriously, or at least it would be for me. Um, yeah. but then, you know, be able to close, um, on anything they bring you. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, and that's, that's kind of my goal is, is now that I've got kind of the funding lined up. Um, and I've got plenty of, of deal flow for single families, but like you and I talked you know, it's a closing a month or maybe two closings yeah. a month. It's just, it's, it's a lot of work and I'd rather, you know, try to focus more on getting a big closing with a lot of cash flow and, you know, do get the value add. The other thing that, uh, you know, and we may have to save it for another uh, show here is um, I'd really like to understand property management for large apartment complexes. Um, You know, I've listened to a few podcasts of these guys that are are really uh, skilled at property management for these, but it's like, okay, I don't think my existing property manager for my single families is going to work. Right. So where do you find these guys? And, and I feel like that's something that I need to try to have lined up before I close on a large complex. Right. Um, which is another reason why I don't want to do too big, right. <laughs> too big, too quickly. You know, I want to have a, a team in place that, that can handle uh, that size of a property. Yeah. Uh, I wrote that down for us to chat about next time. Cause I can tell you yep. some do's and some don'ts. Uh, okay, that'd be perfect. There, so um, <laughs> which, if I tell you, you're, you're probably be like, "Yeah, you should have known that before you hired this guy." I'm like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, yeah. Um, well, cool, man. Well, Paul, I got to get going here. Uh, as always, yep. enjoy the conversation. Love what you got going on. Look forward to hearing more about your uh, your rehabs. And uh, yeah, uh, it's amazing how I get text messages in every different direction. I don't know how in the heck it just showed up on my laptop. So I apologize for that distraction, but, yeah, no problem. Um, but man, I, I don't know. I couldn't remember if you've got another time book, but let's try to keep it up every couple of weeks. 
you know uh, yeah I, i've just been doing every other week uh we, i currently and because your schedule fills up quickly you're a popular guy uh <laughs> i've been doing it like a month out so yes. as long yeah. as i keep a rolling month i can get the day and the time that i want <laughs> absolutely. So, absolutely um tonight i'll probably book late july or august and okay. we'll just keep on rolling so we run out good. of things to talk about Never, All right. It'll never happen if we keep talking about uh, those pink headphones, that black eye you're watching, yeah, right. and real estate. So. <laughs> yep, definitely. All right, buddy. You All have right, a great man. day. All right. have a I'll talk one. to you soon. Yep. All bye. right. Bye-bye.